What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday. I feel like it's our first guest episode in literally forever. I feel like it's been so long since we've done one of these. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I felt rusty interviewing. I know. (laughs) But I feel like it probably wasn't even that long ago. Like, we're going to look back and be like, oh, it was like actually three episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah, but we know you guys love these guest episodes and we think you guys are especially going to love this guest. We have Maria on the show today and she is the founder of a store called Uvita that sells uh, zero waste products. And so she really fun to talk to and also just really well-spoken on like environmentalism and her journey Mm -hmm. with it. So I think you guys are really going to like the interview portion of this episode. Yes, for sure. And you know us, we love to talk about sustainability and especially women who are making sustainability more accessible. So you definitely want to stick around to hear more about Uvita. For sure. Um, And we also want to acknowledge, so this is the first episode that we've recorded post-election and um Obviously, if you guys listened to our Hawk Girls Vote episode, you would know that Kylie and I are very happy about the outcome of this election, and we think it's really going to be the right path forward. But I just wanted to issue a little reminder to everybody to try not to idolize politicians and understand that like they literally work for us. Like We are their constituents, and we are the ones to mm-hmm. hold them accountable. So I think while like we can be really, really happy about this victory, it's now time to like look towards accountability for this upcoming administration and um, still use like a a judgmental eye. Like don't, don't just think everything is all okay again, because there are going to be things we're going to need to address. And obviously like it was a really happy, happy day when we found out. So just thought we'd acknowledge that one. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, definitely be happy. I know Anya and I are especially happy. We now have a woman who's vice president and not only is she a woman, but she's a black woman and a South Asian woman. And that's like huge. It's absolutely huge. I was listening to someone saying how, you know, how important it is that we see women and we see women of color growing up in leadership positions. Like I just think of like babies born this year are going to grow up just knowing that in their life, the whole time they were alive, there was a time when there was a vice president that was a woman. You know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. couldn't say that until now. So like there's going to be this next generation is hopefully going to expect women to be in positions of power. And I think that's awesome. But to your point, the way that I've been kind of thinking about these results is, you know, all the problems that we had before election are still here. We're still dealing with racism. We're still dealing with the climate crisis. We're still dealing with healthcare and a pandemic. So to your point, you know, I think this election has given us a shot at actually starting to work on these problems that we didn't necessarily have under the Trump administration, but we need to hold them accountable and make sure that we don't blow this shot that we have at actually starting to solve these really critical issues that we have in this country. Well said. So with that all over, let's hop into our Week in Review. So I wanted to finally touch on this like ambiguous, ominous work event that I've been mentioning on and off over the last few weeks. So it's been a little while now because uh, different weeks in review kept coming up and pushing it out of the spotlight. But um, I just wanted to touch on it because I think it could be helpful if any of you are in like a similar event planning position in a role that you're in. So I did, 
I was kind of like the leader for my team on our largest event of the year that happened a couple weeks ago. And it was hosted online. So happy to talk online platforms with anybody um, (laughs) because it was definitely a journey. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on it being over and kind of like the lessons learned from it. And just like being frankly, like kind of proud of myself (laughs) for, um, you know, being six months into the role and like really helping to facilitate uh, our largest event of the year virtually and kind of adapting it and things like that. So happy to talk that over with anybody that's in a similar position. Um, but it's not even really like a week in review. It's basically like a month ago now. It's like a month in <laughs> review, <laughs> three weeks in but review. Still, you should be proud. That's like such a huge accomplishment and such a huge um, bragging right that you have now under your career belt. Oh, um, so my week in review, you know, we said at the start of this podcast that we are going to give an unfiltered view into what it's like to just be an adult. <laughs> and sometimes that means getting a full body rash because it turns out you're allergic to lavender because that's what happened to me, folks. It was lavender. So I'll give you a quick scientific rundown of how I came to this. Basically, what happened is I almost three weeks ago now started noticing a rash on my face. And I assumed that I was allergic to a sunscreen that I had been using because it it was only on my face. A few weeks went by. The rash wasn't going away at all. It, It was only getting worse. And I had stopped using the sunscreen. So I was like, that makes actually no sense. Like, I'm not applying the sunscreen anywhere on my body whatsoever. So why the rash is getting worse And then I started to notice it popping up all over my body. And I was like, we got to do something about this. So I went to a dermatologist. I told her the situation. Turns out, since I am living with my parents right now, they supply, you know, the laundry supplies, including dryer sheets. And we changed out our dryer sheets. And I didn't even realize. And so I think the dryer sheets are what caused this allergic reaction, especially because it's very focused on like my wrists and my legs. And I've been wearing a lot of leggings and sweatshirts where like they cuff at the wrist but like it's generally loose on the rest of my body so my clothes aren't always touching like my stomach I don't have any sort of rash on my stomach it's such a weird situation but I got to (laughs) lavender (laughs) because the dryer sheets were lavender vanilla scented I know it's not vanilla I love vanilla and I've been using like vanilla lotions and things like that my whole life and I've never had an issue but I realized when I was like very deep into my essential oil, uh, oil diffuser days, every time I used lavender, my eyes watered and my nose stuffed up and I was just super, super sensitive to it. So I stopped using it and I haven't used my oil diffuser in a while. And now I just rubbed a bunch of freaking lavender all over my body. And my body's like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but you're actually allergic. I did in fact get some, um, cream. So you know, we're hoping that goes away. I was kind of hopeful that it was like a stress rash from the election, but then, you know, our man Joe, he won and it and it didn't go away. So yeah, that's that's been my life right now. It's been like really fun, really fresh. Also, my dermatologist was like, dryer sheets are a waste of time. I don't know why you're so- catch up with the 21st century and stop using dryer sheets. So I got little um, wool dryer balls, dryer balls. I to replace those. them. So yeah. Zero waste. So, Zero waste tech. Relevant. You know what? I've been wanting to get them for a really long time and I just, I, for whatever reason, hadn't gotten around to it. Um, but now I had an excuse. Can't can't be messing around with those dryer sheets. You never know when they're going to sneak some lavender in there. And I'm honestly impressed that there's natural enough lavender in dryer sheets for it to irritate you because I would have thought it was like an entirely synthetic chemical. So I'm honestly like, wow. It's honestly, it's possible that I'm allergic to like natural and synthetic. If anyone's like an allergist or something like that, 
DM me. <laughs> I, I want to get like allergy tested because I've had just like, I feel like I get weird things like this where I'm like, I think I'm allergic to this, but I just never should, like actually take the steps to figure out what I'm allergic to. So maybe I should do that. Well, I'm glad we have a solution because we were speculating for a while there and I yeah. um, went, I dropped off some aloe to help yeah, with the she, situation. She was such a great friend. I'm almost done. <laughs> with it it definitely helps like it hasn't helped reduce it at all obviously because I kept um putting on clothes that (laughs) actually use those dryer sheets uh but it did help you know soothe it a little bit so might thank my plants I've got like four aloe plants that are just begging for irritation to solve so (laughs) and boy do I have enough (laughs) all right well after that lovely week in review let's shift into our favorites So I feel like I'm kind of cheating here with my favorite because it's like not at all a physical object or even like a show or anything. It's it's just like a, a vibe and it's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> I can feel it. I am really – I feel like I'm especially enthusiastic about the holidays this year because it's been such a chaotic, you know, unpredictable year and the holidays bring so much joy like all the time. And so I'm just excited to like, I want to extend that. Like I want to get the tree up like ASAP. I want to like, I've already done some shopping. I have like a nice system of keeping everything organized. Um, It like really makes me happy, even though like my point is I know this year is going to look really different for a lot of us and lots of gifts are going to be shipped, whether that be because you're buying online instead of in a store or like you're shipping them to your family member because you're socially distancing and you're not actually getting together. So I just think a lot of timelines are going to be shifted this year. So I'm really trying to like Mm -hmm. get on top of it and be more proactive than I have in previous years because there's going to be so many more like logistical things to coordinate to get gifts to people and stuff. But I've been specifically loving Etsy so far. I always love Etsy. Etsy just has the best gifts, such like nice, cute, personalized stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to this kind of ties into our episode. We talk a little bit about this later on, but just trying to be more conscious about like shopping small when I can, like knowing that all these small businesses have been so hit by the pandemic and like the Amazons are going to survive, but like trying to support local businesses and order online if you need to and whatever. But yeah, that's my spiel, but I'm feeling the holiday vibes. They're coming. They're here. I'm ready for them. I'm accepting them. I'm, I'm ready to like full swing into this, into this festive season. Oh, for sure. When I tell you November 1st, the first thing I did when I woke up in the morning was watch a Christmas movie because the vibes are here, folks. And I know people are going to be like, what about Thanksgiving? What about Thanksgiving? Okay, Christmas is coming. Let me have my moment. Thanksgiving is like very compromised this year because it's like Thanksgiving yeah. is like you get together with your extended family and share food. Like that's literally everything you're not supposed to be doing right now. So Yeah. I know my family's not doing anything for Thanksgiving. So I'm like, might as well, like Thanksgiving this year is just like a practice for Christmas. <laughs> that's what I'm looking at it as. So my favorite this week, I'm a little embarrassed about it, but you know, my week in review was embarrassing. So I might as well keep the trend going. I told myself that I wasn't going to watch The Bachelorette this season, and here I am watching The Bachelorette. But the thing is, is that for my folks that watch, this is the first time that we've switched Bachelorettes halfway through. So basically, they had this girl Claire come on, but she basically came on and like literally night one, this guy Dale came out of the limo and she was like, that's my husband. Like, signed, sealed, delivered. I don't know what all these other men are doing here. Like, I've met my husband. And she had, like, three episodes where basically she was, like, going on dates with other men and then coming back and being, like, how's Dale? Like, I miss Dale. Where's Dale? And I'm, like, why are we, like, it's been three episodes and all you do is talk about Dale. And then, so, finally, she broke up with all the men, the, like, 16 men that were there, 
And then Dale proposed to her. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar, even for those of you that are, you know that like the timeline for when Dale and Claire met and when they got engaged was probably like 12 days. 12 days and they're just engaged. I'm like, listen, if it's really love at first sight, that's cool. But 12 days, that's insane. Like as a pl the planner in me is like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? But the ring is gorgeous. So I guess, you know, when you got, what is his name? It's like Neil Lane or something like that. Who like makes the rings for the bachelorette and the bachelor. Just wild. And now we got Tasha here and she's ready. She's ready to rumble. But if you watch the bachelorette, let me know who your favorites are. My favorite guy is Brendan. He is from Milford, Mass. So really? Yeah. Wow. Anya, I need to send you pictures of this man <laughs> because, like, wow. Like, took my breath away. And he, like, flew under the radar for Claire. And I think he's going to be, like, one of the top guys for Tasha. So I'm really excited about it. But, whew. and it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Brendan. A Scorpio well. man. Intrigued. A Scorpio man. Ooh. Yeah, so wow, let that's me know interesting. Who your favorites are. Yeah, if you guys don't know, you might you might not be familiar with Milford, Massachusetts, but it's pretty close to like Southern New Hampshire. So yeah. what we're saying is we could run into him. I think what I'm saying is, is I could accessibly get to Milford, Massachusetts, and walk around until I find him. Um, <laughs> so long as he doesn't determined. get engaged. That's true. That is true. I see what you're saying. I hope that he comes in like second. You know what I mean? Mm, so that I see yep. him for as long a time as possible on my TV without him being taken he has he was divorced though he's already been married oh shit okay. i can be like don't worry bb it's okay <laughs> yeah i was gonna say he'll come to you all vulnerable and everything it'll be perfect oh, chef's kiss <laughs> all right so shifting into our main episode topic let's kick off the interview with maria and kicking off our main episode segment here we're welcoming our fabulous guest maria hey maria hi welcome to the show Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yes, we're really excited to have you on and have you talk a little bit about your business, Uvita. Um, we've had a bunch of uh, really cool girls talking about their startup, so we're really excited to add you to the list and pick your brain a little bit about starting this company. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and it's it's funny because uh, the way, I don't know if you even know this, but the way that I originally came across Uvita was my friend Dana DM'd me the Instagram account and was like, oh my God, zero waste store in Boston. <laughs> like, this is so cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that is cool. So I hit follow and then we ended up DMing and now she's on the show. So that's funny. Wow. Thank you to her. I'm so happy <laughs> you mentioned it. I love those type of stories, literally. Yeah, it's so cool. I don't know how she originally came across your page, but I'm definitely glad she did. So um, hopping right into the questions here, can you let our audience know a little bit of background on your age and your kind of your college experience, your major, all of that background info? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm currently 22 and I am a graduate of the class of 2020. And I attended UMass Boston for the past four years. I started off as a political science major and I was just like not feeling it because it was 2016. And I saw on my audit, I saw environmental science. It was like specifically the class was called Intro to Environmental Science. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I read the description. And after the first class, like I met my professor and she seemed so passionate about what she was teaching and like literally three classes in I told her I'm like how can I switch my major so 
that's how I discovered my major and I'm, I'm really happy that I got to discover it in freshman year because it made like the past four years so much more enjoyable at UMass Boston and yeah so I'm like a I'm specifically an environmental studies and sustainability major and once I declared that major everything the ball started rolling for me I just started getting so into school into what I was learning I created relationships with my professors and that's literally what pushed me to start Uvida. It's funny because your experience sounds so similar to mine, like starting out just poli sci in 2016 and being like so fed up with like the climate of everything. Yeah. Um, like I thought I was so interested in political science and then I actually like looked at our leaders and I was like, mm, don't really feel like studying you for four years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. We had like such a similar path. I didn't realize you were originally poli sci too. Yeah. And we both have the same majors. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of started to talk about this a little bit, but I'm curious, were you like always sort of into environmentalism and sustainability? And that's why environmental studies really piqued your interest when you saw it was a major option? Or was it just like a fresh, I kind of want to see what this is about. And from there, your passion for it grew. Yeah, it was very fresh because honestly, like I never got to have an environmental science class in high school, which some of my friends told me they did. And I was like, wow, if I got this class in high school, I would have been known what I would have majored in. I would have been in this field for um, more years than I've been in. So, no, it was so fresh. And really, it was like the passion that my professors had. They were always excited to come to class and tell us like the latest news about what's going on in the fossil fuel industry and like how that affects us and like or like a green candidate that's coming up. And it's like, oh, this person is proposing this policy and all these interesting things so I'm like I want to be like that like every day I want to wake up excited for something important and like that's actually going to positively impact people's lives I love that um and how how was UMass Boston um I've only been to the campus like a couple times it's like right by the JFK museum right yeah yeah like a minute walk from there did you like your experience there overall yeah I love UMass Boston honestly I went to UMass Boston because I it was like the most affordable option for me and it was in the city so I lived at home on my four years but I've had an amazing experience and like anytime I'm anywhere like interviewing for an article or a podcast or anything I like shout out UMass Boston because I found my passion there and you know maybe I would have found it at another college but it wasn't it was UMass so I'm like yes I love UMass and I built so many relationships with the professors and I I gained a lot of friends, but like I discovered that I realized what my life purpose is, you know, like we all want to feel good about what we're doing. And I was like, thankfully, I discovered that here. And because I was having such a good time there, it led to a lot of doors opening up for me. Like I got the entrepreneur scholarship, which I can talk more about later, but that's literally what funded the beginning of Uvida. It's amazing. Um, and I know that, so you're a Boston native, which is cool. I feel mm. like a lot of us are posers and Bostonians <laughs> for school, but you're like a, a real Bostonian. Um, and I know that you mentioned that your parents' careers really influenced your path to entrepreneurship and the reason why you wanted to really build something from the ground up. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I don't know, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur when I was like a freshman in high school or college. Like I never thought of that. I always thought I was going to go into like advocacy and politics, but both of my parents are full-time entrepreneurs and they have been all their lives. They both have their own storefronts in Boston 
for the past 20 years. So I was influenced by them, but I never noticed how much that had an influence on me. And then at UMass Boston, I got the Entrepreneur Scholarship, which was $5,000. And once I got that scholarship, it's the scholarship is about like any students can apply to it. So you didn't have to be a business major to even apply for the scholarship. And all you had to do was propose a business plan and a business idea. And I wrote about how I've been dreaming of having a zero waste store since sophomore year. I was a junior when I applied. And once I got once I got awarded, I was like, I told my parents, I'm like, am I now a business person? Because I'm going to start this business and I have no experience in business. I never took one business class in college. So I always think back to how helpful that would have been. But I'm still always grateful because I was always having like a blast in my environmental science and study courses. So that I was just like, at least I found what I want to do instead of just like wanting to start a business and having no clue what it is that I wanted to do. Yeah, that I can't even imagine like trying to start something like from the ground up like that. I was saying to Anya the other day that like, I just wouldn't have the confidence to do that at all. So I really admire that you figured out what you wanted and you really went after it. I think that's a really amazing story. Um, But getting more into the store and kind of your business model, can you tell us a little bit about what your store sells and also where you guys are located in Boston? Mm -hmm. So Yuvida is Boston's first zero waste and eco-friendly product store. And we're located at 123 Maverick Street, specifically in East Boston. And yeah, we have our physical pop-up and our online store. Obviously, because of the pandemic, we really focused more on online um, sales and just outreach. But my dream was always to have like my the products on shelves because I like the shopping experience. Like I like going into a store and like touching the products. And you know, obviously now our mentality around those things are so different um, compared to like pre COVID. But yeah, I always wanted that. I'm like, if people don't know about these products, people don't really know how to reduce their plastic waste at home. And people don't always want to like, you know, break their pockets for that. So it's like, this is accessible, and this is affordable. And the accessibility part was really important to me. So I'm like, if you don't know if you want to have this product, and you don't know what it's like in person, you can literally go to the store and make your decision right there. So I found that to be very important for myself. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, like the aspect of products that you touch and kind of like the how they might be a little more taboo right now because some of our listeners might not know, but a lot of your products are like shampoo bars and lotion bars and conditioner bars and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so I have bamboo toothbrushes and the goal is to have like every household item that is like plastic in most households and have it be an alternative. So we have we started with a little bit of products like the first products were like the reusable water bottle, the bamboo toothbrush, because I was like, okay, those will get the message across. But it's been a year now. And now we have like over 50 or 60 products on our shelves and on the website. And we added new products last week. And the latest products that we added are like dish soaps, soap savers, like loofah sponge, a solid lotion bar, which is actually so cool and convenient. Um, yeah so it's like really cool different type of products yeah I'm curious do you have like a favorite or like a holy grail product that you feel like you couldn't live without now yes and this is so cool that I'm finally able to talk about this because I couldn't talk about it because we were launching this product but it's about to launch and 
by the time this comes out, the episode comes out, it's going to be okay. Um, but I've been using a uh, tinted lip balm for like two to three years now. And it's not packaged in a plastic um, little tube. And it's a really good product that both hydrates my lips, but also gives me like a little tint. And I think a lot of females like that, but it's always only offered in a plastic packaging from like CVS or Walgreens or Sephora. Especially in the winter in Boston, our lips get really dry. So it's like an essential thing that we all need. But also like I added a little tint to it because I just like that, you know, I don't feel like I'm looking pale or anything like that. But um, yeah, I was like, I can never imagine myself without this product. And also since like I'm always trying to reduce my plastic waste, I'm like, I really don't know where I would get like this if I was to run out or if I was to lose mine which has happened before so I was like you know what I'm going to make it myself and yeah it's gonna be Uvita brand so I'm that's like definitely my favorite product for a while now <laughs> yeah huge lip balm fan and the reason we were laughing a little bit during that is because um, as soon as she said like tinted lip balm I held up my Glossier the balm.com which yeah. I guess this is probably like I don't know it's like an aluminum too but it does have a plastic cap so Exhibit A, you guys, how much we use this type of stuff. Glossier is quaking right now. Quaking. <laughs> so we did kind of touch on this a bit, like your journey with environmentalism and how, you know, academia kind of brought you there. But I'm specific to ask you about like your journey with zero waste and how, how you figured out that that was like the approach that you wanted to take to sustainability. And if you have any like fun zero waste like stats you like to share, feel free. Yeah, so my experience started in freshman year. I didn't know how much like we impact the environment. And also I didn't realize how much the environment is going to impact us back. So I was like, oh, this is so important. And I don't know why I always was most interested in the plastic pollution problem. Like there's a lot of environmental issues and different contributors to the climate change crisis. But to me, plastic like caught my eye because I feel like we all use that every day. We all depend on it. And all these manufacturers and businesses only provide their products in plastic. And we're not going to like decline these products. Like we all need our shampoo. We all need our deodorant. We all need our toothpaste but they don't allow us to avoid the plastic waste. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start with how I personally impact the environment before I tell anyone else what to do about like with their lives. So I noticed that I have all these plastic pack products at home. And then I, I found the zero waste um, journey, like, like articles about it online. And I was like, okay, like, let me start. This is so cool. This is exciting. And then I started switching one product at a time because it got so overwhelming that I was like, everything in my room is plastic. And that's was like, led to like some mental breakdowns. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like I can't have <laughs> mental breakdowns over this. Like no one wants to experience this. This doesn't feel good. That's why I started Uvita. But I was like, I want to have people feel good about just living and, and consuming because consuming is a part of life. And so is waste. Like our human bodies, naturally, we need to consume. We naturally need to waste. So it's like that is part of humanity, but it doesn't mean that it needs to come at a cost to the environment. But yeah, one of the really like statistics that a lot of people know, and it's still like it's becoming normalized, which it shouldn't be, but that says in 2050, there's going to be more plastic than fish in the ocean. And that like really 
really impacts a lot of people and me because we need the ocean so much more than we know. The ocean takes away a lot of CO2 emissions from the air and that's like us driving cars, us eating meat, us like doing basically anything. And the ocean like has our back. But the fact that then the plastic is taking over the ocean and hurting all these marine animals and making them go extinct, it's just like uh, accelerating the, the issue and the climate crisis. So I'm like, at least I will be focusing on helping people reduce the amount of plastic and that will help reduce the amount of plastic that's going into the oceans. Totally. Uh, love the shout out to Carbon Absorption. Huge fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's important to point out, I mean, this might be obvious, but I just feel like it's it's important enough that like plastic is a problem, not only because it pollutes and doesn't break down easily, but also because it is like a petroleum byproduct, which I feel like people also don't think about often, like plastics are fossil fuels. Yeah. So I think that's like worth noting also. Yeah. I love always mentioning that to people because people don't hear that enough. They're like, yeah, plastic pollution, like it goes in the ocean, it goes in the landfills, it's on our streets. But um, it's not that, that bad. It's like, okay, that's only one side of it. The other side, it's like the fossil fuel industry is making so much money from packaging everything in plastic. And like, yeah, it's a couple cents. But like, how are we going to beat the fossil fuel industry if we will always package everything in plastic? They gain a profit from every single product that we touch our entire lives, whether that's our little toothbrush, whether that's our soda bottle, like they gain a percentage of that. And that's that's how they make themselves so deeply rooted into our society and into our government and into our pockets that like with Uvida, I know it's really small and it's like I'm a solopreneur and it's like really tiny, but I feel very powerful that I'm like my competitor is like the fossil fuel industry. Like I'm taking a tiny decimal like percentage away from them because people are not buying products that are packaged in plastic and and if everyone was to do this or if everyone was to become more of a conscious consumer, that number that's hurting them will only continue to increase. And they are getting hurt. Like 2020 has shown that like during the pandemic, um, gas was like less than like less than a dollar. Like that hurt their pockets. Like they are starting to get hurt because of the impacts, like the consequences of climate change, basically. Um, so I'm like, yeah, all, all that is going to come back to them. But we really need to like become conscious consumers and, and take away the profits that are going right into their pockets. Yeah. Preach it, girl. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious about how you kind of came up with the idea for Uvita, both that it was going to be a zero waste shop. And I know you've kind of gotten into this a little bit, but I'm also curious about the name too and how yeah. you came up with that. Yeah. So I'm so happy that people like the name because to me, that was such a big decision to make. And I, again, I'm not a business major. No, like, I didn't take any classes. So everything I learned was from YouTube. And I was like, how do people pick a business name? Like, so I just started, you know, writing down words that I like. And I was born in Colombia. So I'm very connected to Latin America. And I wanted to represent like my roots because I felt like that will make my business different. You know, I'm not like a 40 year old woman that has the capital. Like I'm 22 and go to UMass Boston, been in Boston, and am trying to open the store in Boston. So I was like, I want to show my background in there too. So you, um, vida means life in Spanish. And, you know, with like avoiding plastic going into the ocean, we're keeping a life alive. We're keeping marine animals alive. And we're also trying to preserve human life on planet Earth. 
So I was like, definitely, I love that word. I'm obsessed with it. I would love it if my business could just have that name. Like, I feel like even when things get hard, I could just think of the name and that would be like a simple reminder of like why I'm going through all this, all this stuff. <laughs> and so Vida was very important to me. And I originally wanted the name to be Eco Vida because Eco would tell people what the story is about right away without them even knowing us. And then Vida would be like, oh, like life. Well, some people will know it and some people will not. So it will still be interesting. Um, but that name was taken and I literally was having such a hard time accepting that that name was taken. And I was studying abroad last summer, summer 2019. I was in my little apartment in Madrid, Spain at three in the morning, just like having a mental breakdown because I was like, I want to start this business so bad, but I can't because of a name and it's driving me crazy. So I went on Google. I was like, let me double check for the thousandth time if Ecovida is available. And I accidentally wrote you before the Vida. And I was like, ooh, I like how that looks. I like how that sounds. And I right away looked up if there was like a website for it already, if the Instagram handles were available, all the social media handles were available. And then I was like, okay, you give life would be our hashtag because it's like you're preserving life, you give life. And it all worked out so much better than I could have imagined. I was like, okay, then that's what it is. It was meant to be Uvida instead of, you know, any other name. And the rest is history. Um, it's funny because I feel like Kylie and I were similar in choosing a podcast name, which is like, yeah. that's even like lower stakes than a business name. Obviously, like you can change a podcast name decently easily if you want to. But yeah. we spent a long time like wrestling different ideas and like asking friends and stuff. So definitely relate there. <laughs> yeah, I really like the name. To the oh, name. thanks. It's really cool. <laughs> we like to be punny around here. So we kind of had a chance to talk about like what your first products were and kind of how the store has evolved. Um, so I was curious if you could talk about running a small business in college and how you balanced everything. Because if you guys haven't done the math, Maria actually like ran this business during her senior year, like as a full-time student, which is insane. So I was curious if you could talk a little bit about that and like how you feel like you were able to be successful doing that. Yeah. So I, again, never planned on even starting a business. So it was more like a passion-based business which made uh so much easier even though it was super tough because of course I still had my five courses faithfully every semester and I just was like lucky because I was just so interested in my courses that I was actually looking forward to like doing the assignments and then talking to the professors about the assignments and like the studies so I was just like in like a fantasy world then I started the business and the hard part of it is the business side like the the easy part is talking about the products and talking about the positive impact that it will have on your body and it will have on the earth like that's the easy part the business side was hard and, and it's not like I could have taken a business course because I was like strictly going by my audit and trying to graduate within four years so I was like okay YouTube is going to be my business courses it, and I need to graduate I'm not gonna pay for another semester and another course so that's how it went but honestly I would just wake up commute to class because I was also a commuter so it's not like I you know that also took a, a chunk of my hours during the day so it was like a one hour commute ride to UMass Boston I'd take like my two to three classes Sometimes I would go to the library afterwards and just get my assignments done right away. And then I would come home and just deep dive into like what it takes to start a business. And then 
I would contact any other entrepreneurs that I knew about. And then I started telling my professors, I was like, oh, did you hear about like the scholarship that I won? They're like, yeah, it's on the website of UMB. And I'm like, oh, nice. Like, do you have any connection to like any business professors that you can um, connect me to? And I could ask them a couple questions. And then next thing you know, I'm like having meetings with professors in the business department that I would have never met. And yeah, it's just like everything was really scrappy, but I loved it. It was like, a really nice journey now looking back to it it was like a fairy tale having this business and now it's like okay now we're in like the trenches of having this business and keeping it running and keeping the store open and going through a pandemic and you know paying utilities paying rent but it's it's like this is what I asked for and this is what I manifested and so it was completely worth it and actually being in college was such a huge um like beneficial factor because Obviously, I'm making friends all the time just by walking on campus and and UMass Boston like helped me host a pop up on campus. And because I was on the website, people would be like, hey, I think I saw you on the like UMass Boston website. And now you're here at the campus center. Like, what is this about? Like, what are you doing? And that made it so much easier for more people to find out about Uvida. So that helped me a lot. Honestly, if I wasn't in college, I wouldn't have had like half of the outreach that I I've had now. That makes sense, honestly. And I feel like so many things happen from like, I don't even want to say like good networking because I know networking like makes some people just like itch, including myself, but just like putting (laughs) yourself out there, Um, just like putting yourself out there and not being afraid to ask questions and find people that you know can help you is so crucial. And like you said, that community aspect of being in college, I didn't even think about how like crucial that would be to building those like loyal customers that can Mm -hmm. say like, I've been with you from the start. I've been with you since this started at UMass Boston. Listeners take something away. Talk to people, network as much as you can. I know it's hard in COVID times over Zoom, but we're all all getting by. So could you talk a little bit about why you chose to pursue UVita full-time as opposed to getting a full-time job? Like you said, you just graduated. So kind of what went into that choice? I know, right? I'm a little like crazy because I was like, I'm graduating and I'm doing my business full time. Like, obviously, everyone else is just like graduating and start a full time job. But I I did some internships and I just was like, this is what it is. It's a startup company. And I felt like I was doing all the work for someone else to have their business grow. And I wasn't even passionate about the mission. Like the CEO also was just like not as into like the team and and I just like wasn't really liking it. So I was like once May hits and I don't have these five classes to cater to, like I'm going to give myself the shot. I'm going to give myself the opportunity that I've always wanted and and take these months to do my business full time because you know, if I was older and I I had like if I didn't live with my parents or something like that, I would have to pay rent. I would definitely have to work a full-time job. But no, it's more like I'm 22. This is like the youngest I'll ever be, probably the least amount of responsibilities I'll ever have before kids and all those other things come. So I was like, I'm going to give myself that leeway and I'm going to give myself the opportunity to do this business full-time. And, you know, like when I'm older, I'm going to look back and be like, I, I prioritized what I wanted, what made me happy. And it's not to say that I won't be applying to full-time jobs. I still am always thinking about it. 
um, because of course it comes with like more luxury and I could buy things that I want for myself and it will definitely make the holiday season so much easier but it's just like I am genuinely happier this way and I make ends meet it's not like I definitely work twice as much as if I was wor just working a full-time job so it's just like the price you pay but you know it's it's just about happiness and mental health at the end of the day I actually took an entrepreneurship like program that was free and not related to college but I met this woman and she was like 40 years old and she's like I quit my job and I'm doing this small business full-time and she's like I wish I was you being 22 with no kids no husband no mortgage like you don't have as much responsibilities as like the average human so I was like I met like a bunch of people like that I'm like I would go to networking events and everyone that was starting the business was like 40 and 50 and they would look at me and they're like I wish that I started when I was younger like I wish I just took that time and didn't have to learn the hard way that like this corporate job wasn't gonna make me happy so I was like it's because of them that I was like, I'm going to do this now. They gave me some like really valuable advice. Yeah, it sounds like that would really put everything into perspective. Um, and kind of speaking of like your entrepreneurial journey, I was curious to ask, I think we've asked this to a couple of guests now. Um, do you feel like as a young female entrepreneur that you face any like unique challenges when it comes to being in like the quote unquote like startup space? Yeah, for sure. There's so many like limiting factors and restrictions and roadblocks. I mean, we also have, I personally have some perks, which is like just the passion that's really important. Um, but definitely like some roadblocks is like my age, my lack of capital, not like not even having a good credit history to take out like a business loan, like, cause that also goes back to age, you know? I don't have all these years to like prove to banks that I have good credit and all that stuff. Cause I, literally waited till I was older to start to open a credit card so it's just like yeah there's a lot of lot of things also being a woman of color coming from an immigrant background coming from what used to be thought of as a poor neighborhood like East Boston used to be like looked down upon and people would be like oh no way I would go there but I grew up here I've been living here since I was four years old so I, I don't even know what it's like to live anywhere else in Boston and so, yeah, I have a very big attachment to this community. And now it's, like, so different. It's, it's getting, like, um, developed all the time. And people are talking about it in such a different way. And I'm like, well, I feel good that I have this business here because I am providing to both communities. I'm able to speak to a Spanish speaker. I'm able to speak to anyone in English. I feel like I can really represent what the community is about and at the same time provide like healthy products and educate people on like taking care of their health and also the health of the environment because it all comes back to us and I find that a lot of Latinos don't get to have those conversations whether that means because they're working a lot or because it's just not a norm to talk about healthy products and all these things so I'm like I feel really great that I can, I'm able to comfort both communities and, and still make an impact. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you kind of touched upon this a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but could you talk a little bit more about how Uvita and even your personal life with graduating and everything, um, how that's been affected by the pandemic? Oh, yeah. So I mean, everyone's life has been impacted by the pandemic. And my 
specifically, I mean, my semester ended up switching halfway through the halfway point of the semester. We switched from being all classes in person to all classes being online. So there was like an immediate switch. And that switch was kind of good for me because I was like, oh, I can focus more on my business. I don't have to spend two to three hours commuting a day. So that was like one benefit, but also just like the lack of access to events. Like I could not go to networking events anymore. I couldn't meet new people. I couldn't meet as many entrepreneurs and like connect with them and, and learn from them and also have them learn about Uvida in its beginning stage. So that was a limiting factor. And then in my personal life, it's like, I was, I've just been home a lot. I very much was on lockdown. Like I did not take this very lightly. Um, so I was like, oh man, I'm like actually not going out while some people are. So that made me feel like, like am I ha having enough human interaction at sometimes? But um, then I, I, I basically switched my whole mindset and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start attending online networking events. And that's been working out great because it's like I'm meeting more people than if I was to attend one event. Now I can attend three a week or like, you know, so it's like it's, it has its pros and cons. Yeah. And for the store physically, obviously there was less foot traffic, but that was like completely fine because it's more important that people are safe. And so I was like, this is a good um, indicator to focus on online and online presence, even though I still will advocate for having my products on shelves because it's just like, you know, I, I really want to have that opportunity, that option for people. But that doesn't mean that they have to go to the store at any point to buy products. They can always just pass by if they want to, and they can always just order online. And I and I very much am also like community based, so I offer free. Um, drop off and delivery to East Boston residents. So it's like they like the store can be like five minutes from them, but I'm not trying to have anyone feel like they have to go there to buy the products and also that they have to pay for shipping. So I do like free local deliveries. That's awesome. And um, I definitely relate with like the online, like virtual networking world. Like I feel like it's a little cringy and awkward at first, but like, yeah. for example, like I've gotten to communicate with like international startups and stuff at my job that like we never would have had access to before. So it's definitely like a whirlwind, but I think, you know, the whole world is going to be so different after this and weirdly like more connected despite being physically disconnected, I think. So I was curious to ask, like, what are your dreams and plans for Ubita in the next year and also in the next five years? Like if you could, like, if you got like a million dollar investment, like shooting for the sky, like what would Ubita become? Oh, I, that sounds amazing to hear, but um, I would love to have Ubita be more in downtown Boston and have a bigger storefront. So I haven't mentioned this at all. My store, like my products are at my mom's store. So it's not like Uvita is the whole storefront. It's only just a corner of the store. And that's because my mom's store, she's been having it there for 20 years and she's looking to retire within two years or, or sooner. So she's like, oh, you have to figure out what you want to do with the store because I'm just going to not be working anymore. So that's why I started having another reason why I started having my products on the shelves because I'm like, I'm trying to get people used to coming to this location for these products. And then we're going to expand slowly. I actually accepted that I would really love to have a location more in downtown Boston where it's more like foot trafficy and just more people can have their eyes on the store and 
more people will be introduced to the zero waste journey because I think it's a much different um, experience, like reading about it online and like seeing the products online than like being in person and having someone show you the effects of it and like, oh, this soap was handmade by this person right over there. And like, these are the ingredients. It's not like shipped from somewhere really far away. And it's like supporting someone not in the state of Massachusetts. So that is the goal for one year of Uvida, definitely having a storefront in more like inner Boston. And the five-year plan would be to definitely still have that store running and just have a greater impact. So like aside from the business, like do like events at schools and um, teach children about climate change in a positive aspect where they don't feel sad and like concerned about their future, more like they feel empowered and be like, you are the leader of what the future of this world looks like. And like you can do so many things if, if you really want to. Because um, I personally love like speaking at schools because I felt like that's where I discovered my passion. So I'm like, if, if anyone talked about talked about environmental like issues when I was in high school or in middle school, I felt like I would have been in this field for way sooner in my life. So just enjoying more, more of my time making a positive impact, whether that's in Massachusetts or even in other places. So what's one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode? One thing I would want the listeners to take away is to become more of a conscious consumer. Everyone needs essentials. Everyone needs food, water, and our products that we all use. Um, But becoming a conscious consumer definitely has a lot of positive impacts in the market and to small businesses and just to communities in general. And with that, I want to lead to like uh, Green Friday, which is becoming more of a movement. And I'm absolutely so happy about that because it's like, okay, think years ago when when Black Friday first started becoming a topic. Like, how did those people feel? It's like, what's Black Friday? Like, oh, is this becoming a thing? Like, oh, now there's a set date for it. This is the same exact thing that's happening with Green Friday, which is like, what is that? And then you're like, when is that? There's no set date for it yet, but small businesses and specifically eco-focused or sustainably focused businesses are trying to push for the movement of Green Friday instead of Black Friday because Black Friday represents like fast consumerism, huge discounts, but it also doesn't show like the labor that goes behind it, the young children in other countries that are making these things, while Green Friday is trying to like bring light to that and say like, Definitely support small businesses. Put money in the pockets that are near you, that are in your community, that are not trying to cause harm and just be greedy. Instead, they're trying to like build community and and you know be living a peaceful life like we all deserve. So yeah, I really like that. I feel like we're so lucky that we're in the beginning phases of Green Friday. And that's like the people that were in the beginning phases of Black Friday, but we are having a more of a positive message where it's like, it's not fast fashion. It's not fast consumerism. It's conscious consumerism. Like who made this shirt? And was it like hard labor or was it like a fine, like normal labor as it should be? And it's really weird that we don't live in a society like that. Like we think we're so advanced, but those bad things that we have are really hidden behind 
those walls of those companies and so you know it can go it can get really dark but yeah green Friday is definitely about like supporting small businesses and specifically about helping sustainable businesses too like that are avoiding plastic or that are trying to do like hemp clothing like let's change the market because we are the ones that lead it if we don't support specific businesses they have no other option than to pivot and become more eco-focused and become more sustainable and a lot of them will be greenwashing but the goal is to call them out for those things you know like we can tell that you're not being transparent enough and then companies will feel a lot of pressure to be like we have to be transparent with our buyers or else they're not going to buy from us so it's going to change the big corporations that have been getting money for too long and have just not considered the impacts that they're having on communities and on the environment. So it's really exciting. A lot of businesses are doing Green Friday on November 20th and November 27th. So it's just the last two Fridays of November. And yeah, Uvida will be participating in it. We're having a discount code. It's going to be Green Friday 15. So it's like 15% off everything. So it's just like very similar to Black Friday, but you know what the goal is to be more transparent about not having fast consumerism and instead having more like conscious consumerism. Yeah, I think that's such a good call to action as we approach the holiday season when it can be like, especially right now that like maybe people don't want to go into stores physically, it can be so tempting to like order everything from Amazon and just forget all the small businesses in your area that you need to be supporting. So I think that's a really great call to action. And um, obviously you mentioned the address if people are local in the Boston area, which a lot of our listeners are, but can you mention your website in case people want to shop there? Yeah. So the website is www.uvidashop.com. And your Instagram is at same U- thing? Yeah. It's- at UV the shop on any social media channel. So it's whether people use Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anything. Perfect. And like always, that'll be linked in the show notes. So everyone, there's no excuse. Go shop. <laughs> Especially when you get a discount code. Yeah. <laughs> As always, we're going to end off this episode with a little game of this or that. And Maria has not seen these questions. So it'll be a fun little off the cuff interaction. So Kylie, do you want to kick us off with the first one? I sure do. So with the holidays coming up, are you a Thanksgiving girl or a Christmas girl or New Year's or whatever you might celebrate? I'm more of a Christmas girl. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I just have better like memories with Christmas. Christmas does hit different. It really does. It really does. All right. The next one is, this is specific to Boston, but my question is, take the tea or take the bus? Oh, the tea. Oh my I do. I'm not a fan of the bus. I don't know why. I've had too many incidents where I've gotten lost. Mm-hmm. So the tea is my go-to. <laughs> yeah, I actually. I feel like I'm one of the rare people that's like kind of a bus advocate for the MBTA. But mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't really take like that many like routes. I think it's much easier to get lost on the bus because you just never know where it's going to zip you. <laughs> You miss your stop. You're like two miles away. It's like, <laughs> damn it. So the next one is cats or dogs. Oh, this is a tough one. Oh no! Why are you guys gonna make me pick this? <laughs> I don't have both cats and dogs. Uh, I have two cats and two dogs, so uh, this hurts my heart. But I'm gonna have to go with. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go with dogs. 
yeah. fair enough. I love my cats. Sorry. Cats. <laughs> cats and dogs, like obviously both have their strengths, but it's like for cats, it's like, you know, a cat really likes you if it like gives you the time of day, whereas dogs just like love everybody. So there's like something really special about a cat liking you over a dog. But I agree. It would be hard for me too. I have both. Yeah. That's exactly why I picked dogs. I'm like, my cats don't always want to cuddle. They almost never want to cuddle. So <laughs> dogs like solve that. But I don't know. I personally just don't always like to compare them because I'm like, they're two different animals. You know, like we don't want to expect cats to be exactly like dogs because they're not dogs. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about cats. Like they do their own thing. If they really don't want to be with me, they're just going to walk away and I have to accept it. Like, that's <laughs> okay. I like that about them. It's very different than what we're used to. <laughs> for sure um so the next one is introvert or extrovert extrovert i can talk for days i'm the opposite i'm like such a shell it takes so long i'm such an introvert i wish i was an extrovert though so this one is a bit of a deep one because we know you're an environmental studies major so save humanity or save the earth (gasps) no As much as people know that I advocate for the environment, like, I do it because of marine animals and because of humans, of course. You know, I think of my mom, my dad, I think of my family, I think of my friends. And I'm like, actually, what really got me to start was, oh, my gosh, like, my family is going to be impacted by this. My future kids, I don't even know if I'm going to have kids. Like, it's all rooted with humans being hurt. That led me to like, yeah, we can't hurt the environment because she will just hurt us back and we can't win that fight. So, but yeah, humans. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. A lot of people, you know, like always preach like save the planet, save the planet. But what people don't realize is like Earth's going to be fine without us. Like Earth is going to be thrilled when we're gone, in fact, (laughs) because she's going to be doing a lot better. So I like that you kind of tied into like the mission of sustainability is like equally for humanity as much as it is the planet, because like the planet's going to go on without us. It's not even a question. It's going to look different. It's not going to be an environment that we can be existing in, but it's going to be fine. You know, Um, it existed for long before us. It'll exist long after us. But um, the humans are the ones that make it special. So we want to make sure we can stick around. (laughs) But that is everything that we have for this or that. And that is everything that we have for this episode. So Maria, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been really great talking to you about Uvita and how it all started and where it's all going. Thank you so much for having me on. I had so much fun. Definitely. And you guys know the drill. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all the things, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Yes. See you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.